0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, punch, throws down the middle, touchdown, Arkansas, oh my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. with two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Going down the middle. Hey, oh, look at this Clint Sterner is putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com.
1: Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. He's to a oh. wide open receiver. It's Cobb towards the end zone. Touchdown.
0: Bringing man, Clint Sterner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. He was at the Texans game last night. Clint, my uh, question for you, what percentage of the people at the football game last night were watching the Astros on their phone or some TV keeping up with the game?
1: Oh, hey, they, uh, the, one, the one smart thing the Texans did last night was they they actually had the, the Astros-Phillies World Series Game 5 on and all of the uh, – you know the walkways and up near the concession stands and things of that nature. So you, you could you could literally. I, I was in a suite. And we had action, to the we, we see the game obviously and and the uh, and the, the football game as well. But everybody had the option of walking up the aisle and, and watching watching the Astros Phillies. So that that was actually a good thing they did. The, the, when you start talking about the number of fans, Wes, I bet that thing last night was sixty percent. Um, Philadelphia fans wow. in NRG Stadium. I, I mean, it, it was it was hands down, no question about it. There's not a close second for me. When the when the Eagles scored their first touchdown, it was the loudest. First of all, it was the loudest. I think moment of the night in the whole stadium, and, and I think it, it was it was by far the loudest um, cheer that I, I I've ever heard for an opposing team, but a road team when they score when they do something well. It, it was wild. Uh, how many how many Eagles fans were were there uh,
0: last night? What were you paying more attention to?
1: I, I was paying more attention to the football game, but, but only because I do the post game shows. So I, mean, I I had to do three hours of radio right afterwards a- after the game last night, and so I, I had to make sure I had my I had my talking points and and uh, knew what the hell I was going to say. So I, I was my eyes were, were tighter on the uh, on the football game, but. You know, as the big moments of the baseball game, I was able to get back in and see.
0: Were there audible cheers from either Phillies fans or Astros fans when something big happened in the baseball game at the stadium? Could you tell that something just happened?
1: Oh yeah, no question about it. Yeah, you, you could tell. You <laughs> could tell. I mean, now a lot of it was coming from my suite. Well, we had a, it was actually our, our radio station suite. So we and we've got the second largest suite in NRG Stadium, and so we probably had eight people in there. So a, a lot of what I heard was coming directly from our, our suite, but. I would only, only imagine that wherever people were watching the game, that that would happen. They, they also, the Texans, you know, they, they uh, when the Astros did score a run, they would they would announce it and play it on the big screen out above the field on the jumbotron, if you will, and, and the place would, would go crazy as well. So, that, that's, look, that's about all the, the Houston fans had to, to cheer for last night. So, again, if, if the Eagles' touchdown wasn't the loudest moment of the game last night, it was one of the highlights, and they showed the Astros scoring a run.
0: Do you think uh, you guys, as quarterback, has showed enough to not draft one this year? No,
1: no, I, I don't think I don't think anything's going on in Houston uh, at, at any position at this point in time. I mean, they're, they're, look, they're starting eight young guys, and so they're, they're clearly not going to draft the same positions that they drafted last year. Derek Stingley Jr. at corner, Jalen Petrie at safety. You know, they've got they've got to put some pieces in place, but when you start talking about like game changing. Um, franchise type players, organization changing, building blocks. You know, they, they on the offensive side of football they haven't found any of those guys. They, they haven't found their play caller. They haven't found their quarterback. And so that that's a that's one of the things in Houston that's a, a major problem is they've spent two years uh, of really spinning their wheels and have made relative to the big you know the, the when you start building the program and you want to check boxes of, of what are the most important pieces to find and, and to solidify, that they haven't they haven't made any progress there in two years, and so that's that's one of my biggest concerns for what's going on in Houston right now. Is boy, they and it was my concern when it was happening too. I mean, there was a lot of you know around Houston. They hired David Culley down here, and it, it was the worst situation that I've ever seen a, a franchise college or pro in. I mean, they, they were it was as dysfunctional as anybody could ever imagine. Plus ten. Um, and so I knew it was going to be a long road them rebuild, but, um, when they were just, when they were just choosing to make poor decisions, hire people that they knew weren't going to weren't dynamic individuals and weren't going to change the, the landscape of, of NFL football in Houston, they did it one year, uh, I think by design and then this year, some poor decisions that really put them in the same place, so. Um, not only have they not found their quarterback, so they need to draft, you know, whichever quarterback they feel like is is the guy this year. Luckily, it's a strong quarterback draft, and they can pick their guy. And luckily, they have a ton of, of draft capital. So whoever they decide they want to go after, if if he is number one overall, they have the draft capital to to make a move. Assuming that Detroit doesn't want that same guy as bad as Houston does.
0: Clint Sterner with us. Thanks to uh, Motorsports Authority. Clint, one more NFL question before we move on to the Razorbacks. Uh, I enjoy watching the Eagles. I'm not saying I like the Eagles, but as a Cowboys fan, I enjoy watching them. They worry me. I think they're really good, and, and Dallas is going to have their hands full. I know they get the Eagles at home, but this, this is a good Philadelphia team. What, what do you think about after seeing Philadelphia in person?
1: I think it's the best. I think it's the best football team in the, in the NFC. I, I don't. I think when you butt them up against Kansas City and, and uh, Buffalo, I, I think they. I, I think they're they're clearly a, a rung below those two football teams. If we're talking mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and if we're talking best teams in all of football, um, I, I think when you watch Buffalo, or when I watch Buffalo, and even I think Kansas City's come back to earth a little bit without Tyreek Hill. But um, you know the stats will tell you different. So who am I? But but when you watch those two teams play. You know, I, I think I think Philly is is a rung below. When We're talking NFC football. I, I think I think they're clearly the class of the NFC at this point in time, with Green Bay and, and the the LA Rams and, and the uh, Arizona Cardinals, the Big Bay Buccaneers, and you know all these teams are below 500. Half of them, I don't see. I don't see how they get back above 500 or get back to being relevant. So, um, you know, when you, you got to look at this thing and say the Eagles are running away with the NFC, and, and I think that the, the team that is closest to them, is the Dallas Cowboys. I I, I really do. I, I think that with Dak with with back, I think they're only going to get better uh, the, the more time Dak gets. And, and with that defense playing the way they are, I, I think they're I think they're nipping at the heels of the Philadelphia Eagles at this point in time. The NFC is weak right now, and, and the Philadelphia Eagles, and to be honest, the Dallas Cowboys are taking full advantage
0: of it. Clint Sterner with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. All right, Arkansas has got Liberty. What do you think about this Liberty team and, and Arkansas's matchup?
1: Well, look, I, I mean, I'd be lying, Steve, if I said here and told you I studied the hell out of Liberty. Yeah. I, I don't know a whole lot about what what it is that they do and don't do week in, week out. I, I know this. I know it's very when you look at when I look at you, three, I see Bobby Petrino. I, I, I think I think you got an offensive mind there that is capable of, of really, um, you know, just. Surgically dissecting this defense that's already struggling. People, you know, I hear a lot of folks talking about. Well, they they got healthier over the over the break, and and I mean this this defense is still when you're talking about a versus a a good a good offensive play caller that has his guys trained up and it, it's a it's a well-oiled machine. This defense is going to struggle mightily. Now, luckily, Liberty's got a quarterback problem. Mm-hmm. Liberty's got a quarterback problem, and we don't know who's going to play. We we don't know. Um, you know what the most important position on the field is going to look like for Liberty, and he, as good as the body Petrinos and the Hugh Freeze's are, uh, you know, of the world, there's there's one thing that can slow them down is that's and that's quarterback problem. So, you know, that's that's in in Arkansas's favor, obviously. But again, guys, you know, to me, this is one of those ball games. I know this is a a. Um, a low-hanging fruit type of type of opinion, but it, it's just the case with, with the style of ball that Arkansas is playing now, and when they play an opponent that don't have the same Jimmy's and Joes and are sick here or injured here or there, Arkansas should go in there and from the jump be able to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, and and ultimately they should be able to squeeze these guys out. I mean, just just over a four-quarter span. Don't make what we talked about last week, Wes? Fast start, don't turn the football over, and and Arkansas wins this game convincingly. I believe it's the same thing this week with Liberty. If you you, you eliminate the early turnovers, you you eliminate the. But we don't need to get creative on the first play of the game and, and and put ourselves in a situation where we're we're second and twenty. Like we don't need to do those things. And and if Arkansas doesn't, then I then I think they down the stretch here. There may be a little scare here. They're kind of like Bobby Petrino. I think down the stretch. I think Arkansas is able to, to, to choke them out and ultimately, um, you know, win this game conventionally at the end.
0: All right, two big SEC games. I want to get to and your thoughts on Tennessee, Georgia's the first.
1: Yeah, man this this is a this is a big game, game of the year right now as, as we see it moving forward. I think Tennessee, Alabama was the game of the year looking backwards. I think moving forward, this is the big boy right here. I saw that from a from a ticket price point perspective, this is the most expensive game to attend of the season. So it's clearly a, a big boy across the the entire southeast look i i think there's a couple of things here guys when when um kirby smart and georgia lost five first round draft picks off the nf off, off the, defensive, the defensive side to the draft and, and another three guys i believe in the top four rounds um you know the, the thought was well oh, no big deal kirby can reload um and i think we throw that that word around too loosely if i'm being completely honest i, I didn't think that kirby was going to be able to just simply reload even though he's They've done a pretty damn good job of it. At at the end of the day, you look at Georgia. They've given up 20-plus points three times this year already. Last year, that defense, they did it one time against Alabama in the SEC championship. And so this defense is not as good as the Georgia defense of last year, which, again, I know I'm not not making any big, bold statement here. Hell, I don't think they'll ever have a defense as good as last year's defense. However, when you look at a, a defense that's a little bit more vulnerable, that they're not quite as bulletproof as they were last year, and they're going against the number one offense in America, which is the—I think it's legit—the number one offense offense in America. It's not a team that's played a, a, a soft schedule and has ran the score up late in the ball game like Ohio State has. Um, this is this is a team that I think has is comes out guns blazing and and, and is the absolute real deal. And so you got a defense that isn't as strong as it was last year. Kirby's won with that defense. And and now he's got the, the the biggest the best show in college football offensively coming to town. That matchup is 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 going to be must see TV.
0: Let's move down to Death Valley. LSU hosting Alabama night game. Bama favored big two touchdowns. Can LSU pull it out?
1: Yeah, yeah look at it. This is my. I mean, LSU is my. You know, what the hell was I thinking? Moment before the the season started, I, I did not think Brian Kelly would be able to turn this thing around as quickly as he did. I thought that program was, was in, in like Texans, Houston Texans, like Shambles at at, uh, at, at LSU. And, and, and uh, I didn't think Brian Kelly's dancing and his accent and all that would play well in, in Baton Rouge. Boy, was I wrong. Six and two, number 10 in the country right now. And that's legit. They've been good on defense all year. The offense is kind of starting to come around a little bit. Jaden Daniels is playing some pretty dang good football and getting better in that offense. And so – they're a problem, man. I I, I picked I pick LSU in this ball game, man. LSU at home uh, versus versus Alabama. Um, I, I like I like the Tigers to win this. If I'm gonna be wrong on, on Brian Kelly, hell, let's let's be
0: wrong. Top <laughs> five, kind of wrong. He was right. Clint's putting all of his chips in on uh, Brian Kelly and the <laughs> LSU Tigers. Uh, I know you talk a lot of Aggies there in Houston. Uh, they're a three-point favorite against Florida at home. I watched Florida against Georgia, and I tell you what, they impressed me more than I thought I would be impressed. But then again, I watched A and M, and I think they got their quarterback. I, I like the young freshman, Clint. Uh, what's the What's the talk about with Florida and A and M there in Houston?
1: Well, I, we hadn't talked a whole hell of a lot, hell of a lot of them since about a month about a month ago. My producer in about a month ago. It, it was uh, It was before the South Carolina game, so maybe three weeks ago. I said, "Man, does A and M even? I mean, do they even?" Get to bowl eligible, and boy, you'd have thought I'd dog cuss him or something. Boy, he he, he called me every name under, under the sun, and here we sit. Here we sit, and they got uh, three wins with four to play, and and uh, the question is, is, will they get to the bowl eligible? Look, I I don't know how in the hell A and M is favored against in any SEC opponent. If I'm being completely honest, maybe not not named Vanderbilt at this point. I think I think Florida runs this game and, and beats them beats them by two scores. So um, the, the thing about Florida is they're inconsistent. Uh, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, he, he shows up whenever he wants to, and then he then he just no shows other times. I think Florida has the ability to go in there and score 28 plus points. And I, I've watched A&M getting there every game this year. I mean that they they will have to move mountains to break 20. And so I I just think Florida wins this ball game simply because A&M can't can't score points, much less score enough to keep up with them.
0: Well, and you hit on something. The over unders 55 and a half. I don't see any way that's going over.
1: Well, the, the thing, Wes, the, the scary thing is is that one we don't know much about a And M's quarterback. He looked good in in, in, the, in like just a barrage of RPO things early last last week in that ball game, but then it, it clearly they adjusted and the defense adjusted and, and he couldn't couldn't move the ball. They couldn't protect him. So you, you do have the ability for for them to put together you know a good quarter of offensive football that could result in points. I'm gonna tell you, Anthony Richardson. Uh, I mean, I, I just I'm not my eyes don't my, I'm, I'm not betting on the kid. My eyes don't fool don't fool me, man. Typically, when I see a guy that he's the best arm talent in, in all of college football right now. Now, the, the question is, hmm. can they can they hone it in and can they can they put something together when him and Napier offensively are on the same page and Anthony Richardson shows up in the right frame of mind? Um, they're they're really 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 good offensively. So I only say all that to to say that I wouldn't touch the the under. Now I preface this by saying I no longer bet because I was so bad at it. But I, I would I would not touch the under because I, I would I would cringe every time Anthony Richardson dropped back mm-hmm. or he took off running.
0: Clint, thanks, man. Have a great weekend.
1: All right, brother. Y'all be good, man. Go home.
0: Clint Sterner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline.